five, four, three, two, one. Oof! Energized Podcast, it is back. It's Ross. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Show. You know how we do it. Here we go. So if you are new to the Energized Podcast, whoa, 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 whoa. welcome. And if you are a returning Energized Podcaster, welcome back to the Energized Podcast. So, let's start off with some great news. News being, I'm returning home to Dublin next week. So the next Energized Mixed Martial Arts Podcast you'll be listening to, not only will we break down the biggest card of the year, UFC 226, but your boy Barry, El Basmo, Basmo for show, will be back on with me, and we're going to go really in-depth into UFC 226 next week, along with a host of many other things. So that was announced on yesterday's football podcast with Barry. If you haven't listened to it, definitely give it a shout-out. Barry is actually doing a great job uh, on the football podcast. Um, I'm actually real proud of him. Um, he's the driving force behind Energized. He uh, does a really good job, and he's the organized one of the two of us. So, if you're listening to this now, and you love the Energized podcast, and you love the Energized Instagram, make sure to say good job to Barry, because Barry's pulling a blinder. Um, so, because I'm in London at the moment, and Barry's in Dublin, there was actually a mixed martial arts event on. Now, I don't mean physical mixed martial arts. Robin Black... Who some of you may or some of you may not know. Uh, I don't really know what way to describe him. He's basically an MMA enthusiast. He has his own show over America. As far as I'm aware, he has his own podcast. He does a lot of YouTube uh, videos. He does a lot of fight breakdowns. He's very, very well regarded. He's been on Joe Rogan Experience. He's been on Big Brown Breakdown. He's been on a lot of different MMA shows. Whatever the one with uh, Bass Rooting is on american tv robin black he knows he knows the stuff so he had a, he had a talk show in dublin there um barry went to the show and in typical energized fashion barry was first up asked him a question uh gave him his t-shirt and then i think it's almost like a ritual anytime we go to a mixed martial arts event Whoever's headlining the event, me and Barry go and find them and have a point with them afterwards. We did it with Gay Ware Musassi over Bellator. Barry did it with Robin Black. And there was big news coming out of that show. Because not only was Robin Black doing the show, his guest for the night was the one, the only, Coach Kavanagh, John Kavanagh, a.k.a. head coach of SBG. And it was put to John Kavanagh, when will we see Conor McGregor fight next? And who will we see him fight next? And John was very, very confident that we will see Conor McGregor fight Khabib Nurmagomedov before the end of the year. Before the end of the year. Conor McGregor is going to make his mixed martial arts return. And he said... He, in fact, he did, he wasn't far off from saying, put your house on it. That's the fight that's going to be made next. And if it does get made, 
The world of mixed martial arts will come to a standstill. That is the biggest fight in the world you can make right now. Conor versus Khabib is probably two years in the building now. They had a massive altercation uh, at UFC 205. And ever since then, they just haven't got on. There's been plenty of war awards. Khabib's called Conor McGregor, the Irish chicken. Uh, there was the Artem thing. Obviously, it was UFC 223 with the bus attack. When you say bus attack, it sounds actually way worse than it was. Conor McGregor trying to trolley at the bus. And look, Conor McGregor's taking a lot of photos, a lot of more training these days. He's like back in the gym, gym training hard. And if Conor does come back, great news for Energized, great news for Mixed Martial Arts, great news for UFC, great news for Ireland. It would be the absolute talk of the town if he does come back. So hope John Kavanaugh was not spoofed from the lads. But he does not spoof the lads, so... Also, it was actually quite funny to see Robin Black was at the airport the next day. He was trying to travel uh, out of Dublin. I think he got to somewhere in the UK. And then, anyway, it took him three days to get home. But he was wearing an Energized t-shirt for most of it, which was actually quite funny to see him uh, traveling home wearing the Energized t-shirt. So, delighted to see Robin Black representing the lads. Now, I'm just going to have a look at the card over the weekend. Wasn't actually the best card over in UFC Singapore. Also, I got caught out with the time difference. Because it was a UFC Singapore card, the fights were actually on in the morning on Saturday and not Saturday night. So what actually happened to me was I got a notification on my phone of one of the results in the morning and then I had to quickly go over, get the laptop and throw it on and watch the rest of the fights. So I wasn't actually that interested in any of the fights bar the co-main event and the main event. And I don't actually think I was that interested in the co-main event, just that I was so uninterested in the rest of the card that I was like, right, I'll watch the co-main event. Just because I like to watch a fight before I watch the one I'm interested in anyway. Um, I also saw Jake Matthews won on the card who I said was going to win on the last podcast. So I'll start you off in the co-main event. Uh, OSP won against Tyson Pedro in the first round with Narnbar. Look, OSP... He's quite a strange character because he blows so hot and cold. Now, he's gone 4-1 in his last five fights with his only loss coming to Alir Latifi, which is the fight coming into this one. But he's such a good freak athlete. Like, his head kick knockout of Corey Anderson at UFC 217 was absolutely frightening. Um, but he was he started off this fight quite poorly. Well, I don't know whether it's fair to say he started off poorly or Tyson Pedro started off quite well, but... Pedro was landing head kicks. He was getting off better. But then it was a really sloppy takedown 10 from Pedro. Uh, OSP landed up on top. Got the armbar. Sunk it in. Uh, I don't know what it is about OSP. It must be like his physique or whatever. But he pulls off some absolutely outrageous submissions. And they're submissions that you don't see on a daily basis. And maybe that's why he gets them. Because the people he's defending against don't defend those submissions that regularly. But... OSP, great win for himself. I'd like to see him do a rematch against Jimmy Manoa next. Manoa, I think, is ranked number six in the rankings. OSP is ranked seven. That's before the rankings update come about. But I think that would be a great fight. Um, last time they did fight, I think it was UFC 204. I think it was the time it was on the car when Bisbing fought Henderson for the middleweight belt. And I think Manoa won by the first round knockout. Because I think I remember I was trying to back OSP. 
Um, and Barry actually said Mano would win. But I'd like to see those two run it back just because I don't think they have much going on between the two or much else going on. DC's fighting at 226. Then he just recently lost Latifi. They could do a rematch for a Shogun fight, but I don't think people are clamoring for that. And Shogun's also... No, Shogun's not. It's Glover's fighting Volkan. So Shogun's up in the air as well, but I haven't heard about Shogun fighting anytime soon. So I'm not going to go on anymore for OSP. And then Tyson Pedro. I don't really care who he fights, to be honest. He lost. So now we're going to move on to the main event of the evening. I had to do a decent one for that because... There's no UFC fight card this week. But don't worry. Ultimate Fire finale. UFC 226. Me and Barry will break it down next week. Main event, we had Donald Cowboy. Yeehaw! Cerrone fighting Leon Edwards. Leon Rocky Edwards. Me and Barry's mate. Um, Leon Edwards won this fight by unanimous decision. Leon Edwards came very hot out the gates. He won the first two rounds very, very decisively. Uh, rounds three and four. They were a lot tighter, and then round five, I thought Cowboy won. But I didn't think uh, Leon Edwards was that close to being finished at any stage. I thought uh, he had a better chance of finishing Cowboy in the first few rounds than Cowboy ever did coming late in the fifth. Um, look, great win for Leon Rocky Edwards. He wants to try and become the face of British MMA. I don't doubt he can. Um, obviously, he has the skills. Beating Cowboy over five rounds is no mean feat uh, he called out Jorge Masvidal last fight and you know what I feel like that's a fight that he can easily get uh, Jorge Masvidal he doesn't really turn anyone down so I can 100% see uh, Jorge Masvidal fighting Leon Rocky Edwards and I almost even fight, uh, fancy Leon Edwards to win there he's looking very young very hungry and he goes out to get the finish early I think that fight would actually suit Leon Edwards if it was a 3 round fight as opposed to a 5 round fight just because I think Masvidal's cardio was extraordinarily good. And in that fight, Leon Edwards' cardio seemed to maybe sort of slightly waver towards the end of the fight. And then in terms of Cowboy Cerrone, I must say, I think he should drop back down to £155. I'd like to see him fight James Vick. Um... James Vick's always looking for a marquee name to fight. Cowboys probably undersized at 170. And realistically, he'd be the smaller person against James Vick at 155 as well. So I think Cowboy versus Vick seems like a good fight. Also, Vick tried to call out Cowboy before to be the main event in Texas when Cowboy knocked out Yancey Baderos. He even said he'd fight him at 170 pounds. He just won the fight in the main event in Texas. So they could do that fight in Texas if they want to. Vic versus Cerrone. I think that'd be a good fight. Um, now, I know UFC 226 isn't for another two weeks, but one thing that did come out uh, very recently over the last number of days was John Jones and DC are back beefing on Twitter. So, as you all know, John Jones and Daniel Cormier is probably the most bitter rivalry in mixed martial arts to date. The reason the rivalry has sparked again is because people are asking if Daniel Cormier can beat Steve Miocic, is he the greatest mixed martial artist of all time? Is he the GOAT? And I can understand why people are asking the question. Because he does have two losses on his record, John Jones, but then there are almost asterisks now because John Jones has failed for performance-enhancing drugs, 
and he's also failed for taking cocaine in terms of drug tests. So therefore, you know, was John Jones clean the whole time? We don't actually know, and we never really will know. It's John Jones is almost like you now like the Lance Armstrong of mixed martial arts because there's no way of proving he was or no way of proving he wasn't on them. And then DC's never failed tests, therefore. Is DC actually the greatest ever? Because John Jones was one way or another cheating. So these went back and forth, and John was like clearly on the best of each twice, and DC was like you're on drugs, so it doesn't count. And then see DC DC's path to being the greatest of all time, so like solely rests on him beating Steve Miocic, and then he says he has two fights left. Uh, to fight after he beats Mjolcic. He wants to fight Brock Lesnar. And he wants to fight John Jones. And in fairness. If you can fight those two. And he's also fought Anderson Silva. And he's also fought Frank Mir. He's fought some of the best fighters in the world. And if you can come back and beat John Jones. Beat Brock Lesnar. I think you could say Daniel Cormier. Is the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. It'd be a very. Decent argument to make. If he can beat John Jones. In a third fight. Especially at heavyweight as well. It would add a new twist to it. Because they never fought a heavyweight. And then I suppose. Speaking of John Jones. And DC fighting. For the light heavyweight belt. Or the heavyweight belt. In other news. Sugar. Rashad Evans. Has retired. From mixed martial arts. And. All I can say is. About bloody time. Rashad Evans. Um. He might have actually like tainted his career, to be honest, by hanging around for potentially too long. The way I look at it is you had a brilliant career, UFC light heavyweight champion, and the people he has on his resume is actually frightening. Michael Bisping, Dan Henderson, Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell, Forrest Griffin, Rampage Jackson, Chael Sonnen, Phil Davis. Absolutely incredible resume. As well as being the Ultimate Fighter two winner, season two winner at heavyweight. Rashad Evans, unbelievable career. But he's after going, what was it, one and four in his last couple of fights. He lost to Anthony Smith, Sam Alvey, Dan Kelly. You know what I mean? Like, when you start to say those names after the names he's beaten, you're just like, geez, he really should have hung them up a lot sooner than he did. And he might have actually tarnished his legacy a bit. But for me, he's an absolute Hall of Famer. Um, super nice guy. He, I think what really made him a superstar was the old before 10 with Kimbo Slice and Roy Nelson. Him against Rampage uh, coaching on that was absolutely incredible. Also, Brent Schaub was on that... Um, Season well, he actually fought Roy Nelson in the final, but that was one of the most watched ever Ultimate Fighters, and Rashad Evans. He was he was top of the range, like he was undefeated when he knocked out um, Forrest Griffin for the title, and then he actually got knocked out by Leona Machida to lose the belt in his next fight. So he never actually defended the belt. And speaking of Leona Machida, Leona Machida has now signed. With Bellator. Now the other machine is pushing 40. So I'm sort of not surprised the UFC have let him go. Uh, 
Machida's come fresh off a win against Vitor Belfort. Machida is the only fighter in the UFC who holds two victories by front kick. And he actually retired both fighters. It was Randy Couture and now um, Vitor Belfort. So fair play to uh, Leon Machida. That, that front kick at UFC 224 against Belfort was absolutely terrifying. It's just when he does it, it's so fast and so devastating. And now he's moving to Bellator, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him have one fight, if not maybe fight straight away for the title. I think King Mo is going to move back to 185 pounds of Bellator, so I can see Machida versus King Mo, and then Machida can fight the winner of Gegar Mousasi versus Roy McDonald, which is also announced this week. So Bellator doing a champion versus champion fight. I'm not actually too sure if the date's been announced for it yet, but that will be absolutely brilliant. Um, Roy McDonald. I'm sure everyone knows who he is, but he's a psycho. There's no other way to describe him. He's absolutely relentless. You have to like put him away to finish him. He's now called the Red King. He's Canadian psycho. That's the way I look at him. Uh, my favorite fight of all time is still Roy McDonald versus Robbie Lawler, UFC 189. It was. Madness. I don't know. Don't know what other way to describe it. It was a pure and utter madness. The two, two fighters are absolute warriors, and I have such respect for the two of them. So Musasi versus McDonald would be great, and then Machida versus King Mo. I think for a number one contender fight, why not? And then speaking of Bellator, they actually announced that they're going to do a welterweight tournament um, to decide who's going to fight Roy McDonald next. Uh, there's going to be eight people in the tournament. They've only announced for the participants so far, or, well, four headlining participants. Uh, you're going to have Douglas Lima, who just lost his welterweight belt to Roar McDonald. Lima's an absolute killer, and some people almost argued that Lima won the uh, fight with the leg kicks. But I didn't think so, but it was a fair enough uh, point to make. Then you have uh, Koreshkov, who has fought Lima before. Also, you might remember him being the guy who beat Benson Henderson on his Bellator debut. I beat him very decisively. Kreshkov is also a former Bellator welterweight champion. Then you have Paul Daly, who's probably most synonymous for punching Josh Koscheck after the bell, but he's a bit of a knockout artist. Um, his fight with Nick Diaz and Strike Force was legendary also. Paul Daly, very, very frightening. And then Barry and Moy, mate. Barry and I. Me and Baz, mate, that's probably the best way to say it, even though it's not the most correct English. MVP, Michael Venom Page, is also in the welterweight tournament. And I think Barry and I would both agree that he will be the favourite for the tournament. And he is the person who we're looking out for to win the welterweight tournament. And you know what? We'll probably root from the hallway to win the belt. He's an absolutely incredible fighter. I remember I actually met Rory McDonald over in Ireland before... UFC Dublin the first time I think it was really really nice guy as well but I'd still be voting for MVP I think he's the most exciting fighter in all of mixed martial arts to watch at the moment absolutely bar none bar none I think MVP is absolutely frightening especially seeing him do his work in person and we also have on Friday Bellator 201 it's going to be uh, headlined by McFarlane versus Lara Look, 
it's a women's title fight. I've never actually heard about fighters. I know McFarland's undefeated. She's expected to win, apparently. Um, fair play for Bellator for showcasing women at the top of the card when no one knows who they are. But, look, I'm going to try my best to watch this fight because we cover the sports, so it's important to know. But I don't actually really know what to expect to out of it. Other fighters on the card, uh, Valerie Letourneau is fighting on the card. She fought Joanny and Jacek before on the same card. Holly Holm fought Ronda Rousey for the women's strawweight title. She's fighting at flyweight. She's a very, very good kickboxer. So I'll be on the lookout for Valerie Letourneau uh, at Bellator 201. Then there's also some like really top-notch uh, prospects fighting on the card. Uh, Ed Roots fighting Torrell Fortune and Joey Davis. They're all top-of-the-range prospects. I'm not just saying this. This is, like, the creme de la creme. And I don't want to go on about fighters who, like, you've probably never heard of. But if you have never heard of them and you are looking out for, like, fighters on the rise and you can be like, oh, I saw them first, then you look up these guys. These are all Division One National Wrestling champion, Champions who Bellator took with zero pro fights. And they're sort of, like, spurring them on to become absolute stars. These guys are future champions, and I'm not just making that up. Uh, Ed Roots fighting down at 170. He actually beat Eon Pascu in his last fight. Uh, Terrell Fortune's a heavyweight, and then I think Joey Davis, I think he's lighter than Ed Roots. I think he could be a 45er. I'm not too sure. And then a little bit closer to home this weekend, on I think it's Thursday night, we have Bama fight night in London. Reese McKee. Skeletor is defending his lightweight title. Um, again, Terry Brazier. Sorry, I forgot his first name for a second. Who is the Bama welterweight champion. He beat Alex Lahore in his last fight. So it's actually a champion versus champion fight. Except, weird enough, I always think when it's a champion versus champion fight, they normally fight for the heavier belt. But on this occasion, they're actually fighting for the lighter belt. So I hope Terry Brazier makes weight. Uh, I'm not too sure. I, I actually don't know a lot about him. All I know, he beat Alex Sahor. I remember watching that fight. But I know Reese McKee is absolutely brilliant. Uh, he had one of the best fights I've ever seen. Probably the best fight I've ever seen in person when he fought Richie Smullen. Uh, Richie Smullen is one of the fighters who, from SBG who is on the Ultimate Fighter 26 uh, undefeated season. Currently at the moment, he's fighting on the Ultimate Fire finale show as well. He got a fight, so I'm really looking forward to see that. I actually think himself and Brad Katona went out to Vegas. They're going out to Vegas. It will be today, the day the podcast is released, so best luck to the boys going out there. Um, Brad Katona is actually fighting the final, so I'd love to see them both get wins, obviously, because we always support our own. Very us, very energised. Also, in terms of other mixed martial arts news, uh, Luke Thomas is now hosting the uh, the MMA Hour, formerly hosted by Ariel Hawani. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of Luke Thomas. Uh, I think he does a great job. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does. He had Brandon Schaub on this week, Kelvin Gaston. He has a far different style than Ariel Hawani. He's actually a slightly more negative sort of way to put it. I don't know really any other way to put it, but he has his own style. I like it. It's not for everyone. Uh, I think he's a little bit more technical than Ariel Hawani. He's a little bit more sort of straight in front. He sort of gives his opinion a lot more. Ariel Hawani sits on the fence a bit more. Ariel's now moved to ESPN. He's doing his podcast with Chelsea on him. Barry said he checked it out. 
I haven't seen it yet, but apparently they're not together in studio when they do it, which is not ideal at all, but it sort of is what it is. I haven't seen it, so I can't make any judgments on it yet. I will have seen it, though, by the next time we record, so maybe me and Barry might discuss it a bit on there. And then in terms of other news, um, Michael Conlon is fighting on the 30th of June, which is this Saturday coming. So it's his homecoming fight up in Belfast, up in the SSE Arena up in Belfast. So we're expecting big things. And Michael Conlon, I'd love to see him get a stoppage win. He is, between himself and Katie Taylor, we're very, very proud of our fighting Irish. And there's not much more else to say then. On the lads, hopefully by this time next week, it'll be great to see uh, the UFC 226 countdown. We start. We'll review that show. I'm like absolutely pumped for that card. You have Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega, DC versus Stipe, Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis. It's like absolutely incredible. Also, you have the SPG lads fighting until the fire finale. I'm really, really, really looking forward to breakdown. I'm really interested to see what Barry has to say on it. Uh, it's going to be the biggest fight card of the year. And who knows, Conor McGregor could be announcing anytime soon that he's going to be fighting Khabib Nurmagomedov. It's probably sometime in August. I don't think I could be more excited about Mixed Martial Arts at the moment. It's really, really reaching the pinnacle of the year. UFC Fight Week in Las Vegas, 226. Next week's show is going to be lit. Congratulations again to Rashad Evans. What a man. What a career. Um, he's doing movies sort of now with... Um, Rampage Jackson, he's to appear in a film with them soon. It's sort of fitting like two weeks ago, Bisping retires after win, and he was the Ultimate Fighter 3 finale winner. Um, two weeks later, Rashad Evans as uh, the Ultimate Fighter 2 winner. I wonder will Diego Sanchez, who won the Ultimate Fighter 1, retire in two weeks' time? It'd be nice to see it. Uh, I don't see Diego fight anymore either. So, there are my thoughts for the show. Obviously, if you like the show, give it a thumbs up. If you haven't listened to Barry's football show and you like football, definitely do. He puts a lot of time and effort into it, so make sure to lend him an ear for 25 minutes or so. And, as always, stay energised.